What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do, in every space that you occupy. I'm one of the hosts. I'm Conroy. And we got Tony, the man, your man. Tony, say what's up to people. What's going on, y'all? We are back for another uh, Real Talk. So buckle up because we about to get real. Yes. And before we jump in, we, you already know the spiel. Give us a like. Give us a review. Share us. Go on our Instagram. We're on every streaming platform, every place you can find a podcast, including YouTube. And we have merch. Support us with the merch. Boom. Um, and we are reading a book for book club this month. Tony, what is the book called? The book is Made for People by Justin Wilmer Early. All about friendship and how to stay connected with people. How to be a better friend. And we also have a great real talk today. So let's jump in to our real talk. Tony, what's the real talk? The real talk today, we're talking about white allies. Mm. Mm. Can you can you can you describe what white allyship is? Yeah, so I think white allyship can look different to different, but I know in a lot of white spaces that I'm in, um, I often get white people asking, what can I do to support you, to be on your side? And to me, white allyship is, I don't have to be in the room for you to still stick up for um for things that you know I wouldn't stand for. Uh you don't just let jokes or comments slide, but you address them regardless of who So it's almost like being being like I guess stepping up on behalf of you when you're not in the room um when things may offend you, which I, I love that definition. Um I feel like white allyship is something that has definitely been a buzzword uh, since 2020. You know, yeah. how can I be an ally? How can I how can I be an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement? How can I be an ally to, to black people? How can I be an ally to you? Right. And I, I feel like it's been something that I have not taken lightly. Um, I do think there's a hard line between white allyship and white guilt. And what I feel like white allyship is, it essentially should almost feel natural, right? As opposed to like, hey, that's not okay for you to say. Um, But I feel like white guilt, I've experienced a lot of from friends like since 2020 where they're like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Or I don't know. I don't even know how to explain like white guilt. It's like, I can't explain it until I see it. And it's like, nah, like it's really okay. Or or, like people will be like, Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do X, Y, and Z because my mom or my grandparents or because my ancestors. And it's just like, yeah, but like you can also be normal. (laughs) Well, and like, so, so I would argue white allyship shouldn't feel natural. Um, white allyship is 
going to spaces and doing things that feel so unnatural, but so necessary mm. to advance um, people of color, to have people of color standing up um, in spaces where we we need to start being and having our voices heard whereas white guilt to me is having this internalized shame because of your and like being white isn't a bad thing being white is who you are and so like it's what do you do with your whiteness and how do you recognize your whiteness in a way that you worry about others getting power, not just yourself? Yeah, I I like that. I like that uh, analogy. I guess what I was saying where it should feel natural is in terms of it should feel natural because this is now part of your your DNA of essentially standing up and standing in for 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 black people i feel like we we or just people of color let me say that people of color because not it, it goes across the board right i would say um black people especially things that i've been doing recently i advocate for black people all the time um with my job i'm trying to get more black coaches i'm trying to get more black people in management i'm trying to see black leaders in churches in multicultural churches making them making the decisions um black leaders black black mayors like all these things i'm all advocating for that but i feel like where white allyship can come in is that you are also advocating for that and not just because it's a black person but because what that black person or people a person of color is saying you actually agree with and right. you believe that they are the fit for that role yes. and yes. not just not just because they're a person of color and we just need a person of color in in that role mm -hmm. much like um i've seen it happen in the nfl where i feel like it's shifting a little bit where um a lot of white coaches are getting jobs that black coaches couldn't couldn't get an opportunity for and i forget oh the rooney rule the rooney rule essentially is a is where they have to interview a black coach when they're trying to get a coach they have to interview at least one one coach of color i keep saying black but a coach of color and it's kind of crazy because the fact that it's come to that but i i think it is getting better much like i feel like white allyship in in the spaces that I'm in, I feel like is is getting better. Do you think? Because you're in a, I feel like you're in a lot of white spaces, like especially where we're from. Half of your family, <laughs> you know. Um, do you feel like you've seen improvement in white allyship? Um, yes, I, I definitely have seen improvement. Um, but I often have to wrestle with um people in order for them to see in order to see that improve um because i i feel like i still have to sometimes explain this this is why this and so 
I'm still caught doing some of that education. And then white people would get, oh, okay, I'm on board now. Um, And so it's just, you know, do I have the capacity to teach and to get white people to understand what, like, this stuff is important, especially being Christian. Like, this is core to our belief in what Jesus was about. Um, and I think there's still too many white people that think this doesn't matter to the gospel. And I, I just, I beg to differ. Yeah. You know what? Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, we have a friend that we went to high school with. I don't want to say his name on the podcast until we get him on the podcast. Um, he's married to, he's black. He's married to a white woman. And I recently saw him in the last year or two. And he was just telling me, uh, I was like, how was it during COVID? And he was like, I would go to my wife's family's house for dinners. And one of her uncles or something was like, hey, so what's it like being black? And then he goes, what's it like putting on a T-shirt? Like, and... Where I think white allyship comes in is whoever's in that room saying, Uncle so and so, that is not okay. This is why it's not okay. You just can't say that. I don't care when you grew up, what decade you grew up in, this is why that's not okay. And I think that's that can be an example of like, oh, this this is how I can be an ally it doesn't have to be when black people are around like you said it's when i'm not Mm -hmm. in the room Mm -hmm. can you address those things yeah and i think in this society it's it's not enough to say i'm not okay Mm. you have to be anti-racist yeah to say i'm not racist is like to me that saying oh i won't laugh when someone tells a racist joke Mm. okay you don't laugh, but are you speaking up? Because if you don't speak up, your silence says, oh, I co-sign that. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I think back to an earlier episode we did on The Fresh Prince um, on Bel Air. And when... Um, Carlton's boys was saying the N-word, and he was just letting it happen. Will got so enraged of, like, you you can't just let that slide. You have to say something. Yep. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, now, Tony, you, you're mixed, right? Your mom's white, your dad's black. And you have so you have a unique perspective, much like I feel like I have a unique perspective because you know I grew up um, half my life with my mom who's black and half my life with my half my life with my step grandma who's white. Um, how do you navigate your identity, uh, and how has that influenced understanding what it means to like be a, to have white allyship and the fight against racism? Yeah, that's a great question. And 
I still don't know if I've figured out what it means to navigate the body that I have. I still feel like I'm constantly wondering what does it mean for me to show up completely white and completely black mm-hmm. all at once. And and I think it's just being confident in my body and knowing that I don't have to fit a certain type of blackness or whiteness or biracialness just by being me is enough. And so, um, yeah, and what it means for white allyship is for me to just help the white people in the spaces I occupy to see, like, this is way more complicated than most of us really. Yeah, because you're like you're like the bridge. Like you can be the bridge, right? Because you are half white, you are half half black, and like showing up in these white spaces. I remember you were saying like in high school how people would talk about how you were, you know, too too white for the black people and too black for the white people. And but like some of these spaces that you're in that are predominantly white, it's like, hey, I also identify as half white. So like, this is why this is not okay. Let me help you understand because I have family members, I have friends and I've experienced these things. And this is why when people say this or when the cops do this, this is why that's not okay. And this is why you, you should also say something about. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that sounds great in theory, but I, when I'm in these white spaces, I feel like my blackness is seen way more than, oh, but you are half white. Like, mm-hmm. and so it's like, yes, I'm half white, but I'm not completely white. And so my voice doesn't carry as much weight as my, you know, fully white male um, counterparts. Hmm. That's true. Because we say this all the time, like when you have mixed kids, you know, any, any mixed race of a person of color, unfortunately, when danger happens or when the cops pull you over, they are going to identify you as a black person or a, right. a person of color. And that, I never thought of it from your perspective that like when you're in these white spaces, your your opinion or your voice doesn't carry as much as a fully white male opinion would. Which is so so interesting. I never thought of it that way. That's that's wild. Yeah. It's been something I have always been thrown off by of like both sides say I'm not enough for them. And so, you know, there are some people that look at me like, oh, you get to pick and choose. And I'm like, that's what you think. But I'm in a worse situation almost because both sides say you don't belong. Mm. Um, 
But I'm curious for you, when we think about white allies, what, who comes to mind for you that you can, like, that you know for a fact, oh, this guy's got my back, whether I'm in the room or not, or a um, person, so, not just guy, person. So I, so I live in San Diego. And if you guys don't know it by this, by this, you ain't following with us. Anyways, um, so I live in San Diego. San Diego, I say, I would say, is very progressive, right? There's, there's a lot going on. Um, I would say when 2020 hit, um, there was a member that comes to my gym, love her to death. She's like, they were like my second family here. They ended up moving to the East Coast. Anyways, but she talked about how. What are you going to say, Tony? What are you going to say about me moving back? Come on back, man. Come on. So, again, there's this member that um, used to go to my gym, and she was black. She was from the South. I think she was from Mississippi. And she talked about how racist San Diego was. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, where I'm from, people are racist to your face. So you at least know. That they don't like you. You know not to go down this street, not to go down this street. But what have I what I've experienced, her personal experience in San Diego is racism, like it's almost like that backhanded racism. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about that before. And I would say my personal experience, I can see that for sure. Not with direct interactions with humans, but I would say uh, kind of maybe with like leadership in different areas, but I can think of a lot of people who I also work with who are very conscious of what they say, very conscious of how they approach um, people of color, how they talk to people of color. Um, I can think of a manager that I used to have. She is amazing. Um, love her. Her name is Carrie. I'll say her name. And she had this interaction. We we were it was middle of COVID. And she had this interaction with a member. And we had to this is when we were working out outdoor. We had this weird procedure that you had to go through. And we were like, hey, we have to wait until this person goes up the stairs before you can go in. And this lady took it so offensive. Like, oh, you're just saying this because I'm black, blah, blah, blah. So she like it really like she was very distraught. She came to me, said, "Hey, comrade, this is the situation. What do you think?" I'm like, "I don't think you did anything wrong. I think, I think you're very conscious. I think you, when you're unsure, you actually come to me or other people of color to figure out a solution." And that's what I think of like white allyship. Like I do think it takes work. I I do think it takes work because it's not natural. I think it should become natural, but it's that extra step that she took to be like, hey, we're trying to write this about Juneteenth. Is this okay? We're trying to write this about Black History Month. Is this okay? Now, I appreciate that because it's like me trying to write an article on behalf of white women. What what do I what what can I relate with you? Like I have nothing to relate, but I appreciate her like pe- people going out of their way to like make sure hey this is okay is this okay? Um, now I don't want to be the token black or the the voice for all black people, 
but I do appreciate you going out of your way to to make sure what you're thinking, what your thoughts are okay. And I think it's it's a it's a never ending thing because I just think sometimes you living in your skin, whether you're a white, black, or a person of color, you're just going to think in some way you may be superior. And that just happens. So going out of your way to check on things, I think I don't know, that brings me some some type of joy. Yeah. Yeah. So for me when I think of like white allies in my life, two people come to mind. Um one uh he's kinda like a father figure to me, uh Phil. Um he's, you know, constantly checks in with me around like deaths of different black people that we hear about on the news. Um but he's also he's my supervisor, but he's okay with me calling him out on blind spots mm. even though it's really hard conversations. And yeah. most people would be like how in the world do you talk to your boss like that? And it's not like I come at him hot and heavy or anything, but like I'm just blunt and honest of like, bro, that's that's not cool. Um, and he just he takes it with grace and he's quick to say like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And then. Uh, another guy I went to college with, Bo Hoffman. Um, I don't see him often, but I know if I ever post something on Facebook like I did probably a month ago, and people kind of got upset, he jumped right in and like just kind of stood in the gap so I didn't have to defend what I posted and so I just I really appreciate white people that will say like oh no you don't have to fight this battle I got you mm. Mm. and that's what white allyship can look like um, yes. what advice or strategies would you give any of our listeners who are looking to take action on white allyship if you're looking to take action, be ready to be uncomfortable. This this work of anti-racism, white allyship, it is not easy. Um, it will be uncomfortable. It will challenge a lot of your pre preconceived notions, and, and just be okay with being wrong and learn. Uh, because if you are open to learning and, and growing, there are a ton of resources. And, you know, we'll put a couple books and movies in the show notes to even help you get started. What about you? What would you add to that? I love that. I think you put the cherry on the top. Um, in terms of how you could take action is taking action you know it's seeing it and then doing something about it um i love what you said about education 
I think educating yourself is 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 amazing. Um, <laughs> I always get nervous when I have friends uh, on social media, and I see them on the weekends, white friends, and their whole friend group, every single one, is white. I think you need to have more conversations with people who don't look like you, and that is a great place to start. Well, and I think to add to that, and tell me if you agree or disagree, like, if you are white and you have black friends or people of color in your circle, evaluate. See when the last time y'all talked about race was. Because I think that is a huge sign to whether or not are you safe? Because people of color, we are constantly talking about race. Like, that is just a a discussion. If you're white, we're reserved. Because we don't know if we can trust you. Uh, and that's not to, like, um, be mean or, like, think we're better or anything like that. It's just we are in so many spaces where we constantly have to defend that that gets exhausting. And so until we know you're safe, we won't bring it up. I, you know what? I never thought about that until you said that. Because I've had – the only time I've ever had race conversations with some of my white friends was around 2020, 2021. And then – can't say I've had any this year, but you and I have, you know, some of my other friends we have, and it's amazing where I, I can think of this one girl, uh, girl group that I'm friends with, and I know there's one black girl in there, and I, I wonder, like, I can say something to her, and it can be just like a little one-off conversation, but I wonder if her friends are having those conversations with her. And I don't know what, I don't even know what that conversation would look like. It could just be as simple as like, you know, like you were saying, Phil, your, your boss checking in on you or Bo standing up for you. So talk to your friends of color and just get a temperature check and see how they're doing. How can you right. be a better friend? Right. And, and some of you listening to this may, may say, oh, I don't see my friend's color. That that's not good. See their colors. See their beauty. Yeah. And you guys were saying you are colorblind when you're referring to race. Stop saying that. Because please, we see our color. You see your our color, and we love it. Black is beautiful. All shades are beautiful. So acknowledge color. Learn about color. Learn about race. Learn about different ethnicities. And enjoy it, love it, and that's how you can be a better ally. One of the ways you can be a better ally. What a closer. Another great episode, y'all. Real talks. We get real. We get honest. This was not scripted. This is off the cuff. When we take take our mics off, guys, that's how you know. That's how you know we're relaxed. We're in for it. You're in for it. Um, again, we are doing a book this month. Tony, let them know the book once again. 
made for people by Justin Whitmer early. It's about friendship. We talk a little bit about friendship, how you can be a better friend. Um, so read the book with us. Um, we're going to talk about it in a later episode. And I think that's it for now. Hey, shout out to MSW Media. Support us, like us. Until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Peace.